1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. It's my Bible. It is the Word of God. And it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. Seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I am taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you have a Bible, we'll start off in Ephesians 1.5. And the message today is Father God. Why did God create Adam and Eve? Because he wanted family. And why did God not just speak millions of human beings into existence all at one time? Why did God create Adam and Eve to procreate eternal human beings? Because he wanted mankind to share in his joy of family. We have completely missed this. We have not seen this. And it has hindered us in every way possible. And it has hindered our prosperity. When people, even God's people, put money ahead of family... They hurt the heart of God, and they miss God's best in this life. When people, even God's people, put money ahead of family, they ignore Moses' exhortations in Deuteronomy, and they bring much unneeded heartache and sorrow into their own lives and families. Number one, God wanted a family, and he chose to allow us to participate in creating his family. Ephesians 1.5, in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Rotherham's translation, in love marking us out beforehand unto sonship through Jesus Christ unto himself. So God marked us out for the place and position of sons and daughters in his family. Man is an eternal being. Now by that, I don't mean to say we're equal with God because God never had a beginning and God will never have an end. We had a beginning, but we will never have an end. Man could not have been a son of God and a partaker of the nature of God unless he was like God in some respect. And being like God, he had to be eternal. He had to be in God's class in the sense that Man never will have an end. Perhaps the most wonderful fact is that God did not create the whole human race 
by one word of his power, but he created one man and one woman and permitted them to be the father and the mother of his children. Austin and Jessica and Derek and Christina create for Sue and myself more children. They are empowered in their covenants of love and marriage to procreate for us more family. How wonderful is the plan of God and how marvelous God is to allow us to participate in his plan for family. For God has given to no other being the ability to procreate eternal beings. Think of the wonder of it and then realize how Satan attacks every aspect of it. God has given unto man the power to procreate eternal beings. No other class of creation has been given such power. Satan, knowing the power and the wonder of what God has done in his plan for family, gets men and women to mistreat their children. Over most of the third world, and now because of Islam and the Mexican cartels in Europe and North America, even here in the United States of America, children are sold into sex slavery. They are pressed into slavery. Children are abused physically. Children are neglected by drug-using parents. And babies are aborted. Because people love money more than their children, children are sent to government schools to learn gender fluidity and climate change instead of reading, writing, and arithmetic. The very fact that God has given men and women the power to procreate eternal beings demonstrates the responsibility of fatherhood and motherhood. God could have created the whole human race at one time, but this he chose not to do. He preferred to let us have the pleasure of fellowshipping with him in it. Father God preferred to let us have the pleasure of fellowshipping with him in his family. Two, God's family is called the household of faith, the family of faith, and this family is the body of Christ. In Galatians 6.10, Paul lays down a law in regard to the family of God. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The King James says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So here God's family is given a name the household of faith, the family of faith. Three, we are God's representatives of family on this earth. Let me say it again. We are God's representatives of family on this earth. When people see our families interact, they shouldn't want to run for the hills to get away from weirdo Christians. No, our families ought to model for the world this dark and lost world the family of God. And this church, Faith Christian Center, ought to model for the world the family of God because that is who we are. We are the household of faith. We are the family of faith. We are the family of God. 
We are the sons and the daughters of God. We are family. We are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because we are the body of Christ, we must walk in love one toward another. As members of God's family, we are to minister to each other and watch over each other in love. Four, God wants to come and make our home and family his home and family. Ephesians 2.19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are God's household. He is to live with us. And our families are to model for this cursed world, the family of God. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. God desires to live with his children. He does not want to simply be a guest in our homes. He wants to have a father's place in our lives and in our hearts. This is a very precious promise that Jesus makes to us, that he and the father will come to us and they will make their home with us. Have we allowed them to do that? Have we made God more than just a visitor in our homes? Have we seen our wife as the body of Christ have we seen our husband as the body of Christ? Have we seen our children as the body of Christ? In Revelation 3.20, Jesus tells us how he longs to come into our homes and sit at the table with us and feast with us and fellowship with us. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him fellowship with him and he with me. How it would change our homes if Jesus and his father dwelt there. How much bitterness and unkindness would then be absent? Five, is he just God to you or is he father? If Christians could only realize that Christianity is a family affair instead of a denominational or sectarian affair, the Father would mean more to them, and they in turn would be able to bring greater joy to Him. This, my friends, is the secret of my success. Because of the way I was treated by my own natural father in my late teens and early 20s, I studied the fatherhood of God in the Bible. I didn't just stay in the foyer of my heavenly Father's house. I marched right in and made myself at home. I spent time in the healing room. I spent time in the prosperity room. I wandered all through my heavenly father's house and I visited all the riches of his glory and his kindness and his mercy. And I make no apology for it. 
If your life sucks, you have the wrong father. Myself, I have no father but God. He is all that I need. He is all that I want. He is all that I desire. This is my secret to success. He was always more to me than just God. To me all these years, he has been father. He is my father. This is my secret of success. You see, he has never lied to me. He has never mocked me or made fun of me like my natural father did on a regular basis. He has never abused me. He has never abused my intellect or played me for a sucker. All that I have, I receive from my father. I owe him everything, and I owe man nothing. I owe Father God everything, and I owe Washington nothing. I owe my Father God everything, and I owe politicians nothing. I owe my Father God everything, and I owe the government nothing. Father God is my source, my sustenance, and my healing. Even his name declares it. He is my Jehovah Jireh. He is my Father God who supplies my every need. He is my El Shaddai. He is not just the God of enough. He is the God of more than enough. He is my Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord God, my healer. I have no father but God. I thank God for my fathers in the faith, but Finest Jennings Dake is gone, and Lester Summerall is gone, Kenneth Hagin is gone, and Oral Roberts is gone, and John Osteen is gone, and T.L. Osborne is gone, and now Fred Price is gone. I thank God for my fathers in the faith, but at this stage of my life, I have no father but God. Five, most churches are nothing but orphan asylums for fatherless children seeking blindly, somehow, to get to heaven. Ephesians 3.14, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. All fatherhoods ought to head upwards into the great Father God in heaven. And notice Paul says the whole family in heaven and on earth. Or we could say every family in heaven and every family on earth. The Greek word translated family in Ephesians 3.15 is actually the word fatherhood. Father God is the fountain of fatherhoods. Yet in the vast majority of churches and prayer meetings, you rarely hear him referred to as father. To most believers, he is just God. Hence, most churches are simply orphan asylums of fatherless children <coughs> who are seeking blindly, somehow, to get to heaven. And while they remain on earth, they try to get God to bless them and help them when they are in trial or in need. But all the while, he is not their father. He is just God. He has no father's place in their hearts. He has no father's place in their lives. He has no father's place in their homes. They are not his children in their own hearts. In their own hearts, they are spiritual orphans looking for a crumb off the master's table like the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, 26, where Jesus said it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. 
To which the woman replied in verse 27, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Believers today have imbibed the servant spirit, and they talk about being servants of God, but never about being the sons of God. And whenever they speak of salvation, the new birth, they speak of it as adoption, but they do not speak of it as a new birth. They speak as though they are adopted orphans, not as though they are new creation sons. Then they carry their beliefs from their teachings into their daily lives. They live only as adopted orphans, not as sons born from above. And because they see themselves as orphans begging for crumbs, they are of no use to anyone else. They are of no use to a lost and a dying world. Since they live in sickness and lack themselves, they cannot say as Peter and John did at that gate called beautiful, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk. Looking for a handout themselves, they have nothing to share with a lost and dying generation. They have not partaken of the divine nature. They have not escaped the corruption in the world, which comes through union with the devil. 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Even if Christians today do act like sons, they act like the oldest son in the story of the prodigal who lived among the servants and had only the spirit of a servant. No sadder feature of the modern church can be imagined. The church of Almighty God, the children of Almighty God have taken the place of servants, utterly ignorant of their sonship privileges or responsibilities. My dear friends, we are members of the blessed household of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have been remade as new creations in Christ Jesus. We are right now the sons and the daughters of Almighty God. Six, all creation was made for us. Every morning when I get up to pray, before the rising of the sun, I look up at the stars of the heavens, and I thank God that he set every star in place with their corresponding gravitational poles to keep this earth in perfect orbit around our sun. How magnificent is the love the Father has lavished on us for millions of years before he created Adam and Eve to be parents and to create families. He was creating and positioning the stars. He was filling the earth with gold and silver and iron ore for bridges and aluminum for airplanes and dinosaur remains to become coal for electricity and oil to make gasoline for our automobiles. The very things that liberal hates, liberals hate, our Father God set in the earth over millions of years because he knew in advance that as man lived on the earth, he would discover its secrets and then harness its treasures. Seven, our beginning was God and our end is God. 
But my friends, the greatest thing God ever did for us besides the awesome sacrifice of his own dear son was to anoint holy men of old to write down the scriptures as they were breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. In those scriptures, we are supposed to read and discover and study and find out who we are in Christ and what Christ has done for us, his finished work. It is in that word that we are to discover who we are in Christ so that we, we might walk this earth as the sons and the daughters of God. It is in that word that we are to discover that we are God's family and our families are descendants of Adam and Eve's family and that it was all about family from the very beginning. Family after family after family originating in God and ending in God. Our beginning was God and our end is God. And in the meantime, we are to walk this earth not as the lost, not sick, not poor, not scraping along like the beggars the devil wants us to believe we are. No, I say to you this Father's Day, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and east and south and west and begin to see from the Word of God who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you in his finished work. Eight, we are God's family born from above to rule as the second Adam and as the first Adam. 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. 1 Peter 2, 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, through Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation belonging to God. You are God's family. You are born from above. And you have been permitted to remain here on earth to enforce the devil's defeat and to model for the lost that we are indeed collectively the family of God. If people saw this one thing, they would never be careless with their children. If people saw this one thing, they would never be cheap with their children. Jesus said in Luke 6, 31, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, I say to you this day, and if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, it'll change your life, and it'll take you to levels in God you never thought possible. Do unto your children as you would have your Father in heaven do unto you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation belonging to God. You are God's family. We do not belong to this world. We have no part and we have no lot in this world. They will not accept us. They have rejected us. And soon enough, 
we will be on our way. But until that day comes, we live on this earth and in this life not as beggars, but we live as new creations in Christ, born from above the sons and daughters of the Almighty. <coughs> we only belong to Him. And our business is to shout out by the Word of God and by our deeds the glories and the beauties and the mysteries and the wealth of the love and grace our Father has for us. So let us walk worthy of our family, worthy of the traditions of our great Father God, worthy of such a relationship, worthy of such a family with such a Father and such a Savior as the Lord Jesus Christ. John 16, 7, Jesus said, The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. The Father himself loves you. The Father himself loves you. The Father himself loves you. This is a photograph of the Father's heart toward you. He is a Father who loves his children. He is a Father whose heart is reaching out tenderly toward his own family. What comfort there is in knowing that the Father himself loves us. As long as we are loved, and as long as we can love, there is yet a purpose for us being in this world. But when we cease to love, and cease to be the object of love, then the reason for being comes to an end. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. <coughs> my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. The human heart can scarcely take it in. Father God and Jesus the Savior will come and make their home with us. What a blessing. What a wonder that this great heavenly Father, this omnipotent, almighty God, wants to come into our homes and help us rear our children and give us wisdom about life's problems and help us in those dark hours when we ourselves know not what to do. This, my friends, is Christianity. Christianity is not just serving God, but it is living as a child, living with its father. The family of God is a royal family. Father God is the king of the universe, and we are his sons and daughters. We are partakers of his divine nature, and his nature is love and faith and health and peace and prosperity. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Every flower of this earth, every shrub, every plant, and every tree, every rock, and every mineral, every hidden secret and purpose of God are for us or about us. Our great Father God, the ruler of the universe, 
has only one dream and one vision and one plan, and that is for his family, for his children. How we disown him and misuse our royal station by living below our privileges, by seeking the fellowship of man instead of the fellowship of Father God, by treating him as the secretary treasurer of some charitable organization where we go and beg after we have used up our last resource. God is our father, and we are his children. So stop being who you are and start being who you were meant to be. Sing and dance and rejoice in your inheritance. For great is your God, and great is your inheritance in him. And let us pray with the leading revivalist of the first great awakening, great awakening in America, Jonathan Edwards, Father God, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.